welcome to another episode of the Extraordinary Moms Podcast. I'm Jessica Dahlquist, your host, and every Tuesday I interview a different mom who shares their motherhood journey and the lessons they've learned along the way. If I've learned anything from interviewing such a wide range of moms, it's that no two extraordinary moms look the same. We all have a story to tell, and we are all mothering in our own way. So let's celebrate that and learn from one another. Thanks for listening, and if you like what you hear, please share this show with a friend. Good morning, and welcome to episode 240 of the podcast. It's Jessica. Thanks for tuning in today. Thank you so much for all your positive feedback about our episodes last week, for sharing the show. We've had so much interaction and positive thoughts being shared over the interwebs, and I'm just really super grateful for you. Thank you for those of you that left new reviews. They really help friends to find the show who don't already know that the Extraordinary Moms podcast exists. So today I'm bringing you another incredible episode today. My guest is Susan Ramirez. I first heard Susan on another podcast and was prompted to watch one of her Facebook lives at a conference that she threw for her nonprofit organization, Austin Angels. Austin Angels is an organization located, ironically enough, in Austin, Texas, but it supports foster care families. She has been an advocate of the foster care system and supporting these families for years now. And now that she has two children of her own, she's continuing to help these children to feel supported and loved and bolstered so they do not end up one of the devastating statistics that you read about when kids age out of foster care. So we're going to talk about her motherhood journey. We're going to talk about why foster care. We're going to talk about how you can get involved and how you can support foster care families. Susan is a powerhouse and you are going to be so inspired by her work. So I hope you'll join me in welcoming Susan Ramirez today. All right. I am just thrilled to be chatting with Susan Ramirez today. Hi, Susan. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. Where am I speaking to you from today? I am in Austin, and I'm actually at my office, sitting on my pink couch, so I'm very relaxed, have a cup of coffee in my hand, and and ready to visit. Amazing, amazing. I think my guests, two weeks in a row, you and last week, both Austinites. There you go. Awesome. That's great. (laughs) I'm in California, but I do love Austin. I do. Well, I am so honored to be chatting with you today. Um, I think I originally heard about you through Rachel Hollis's podcast, and then I had the wonderful pleasure of watching a Facebook Live at the conference you put on for Austin Angels, um, speaking to the mission of your organization and just what you're doing for foster families in the Austin area and beyond, um, it's it's really incredible. So for people that may not know you, will you just give a little background on your work and, and who you are? Yeah, absolutely. So I am the founder and executive director of an organization called Austin Angels, but we actually have been launching chapters all over the country too. So, um, you know, if you're not in Austin, you can go to nationalangels.org to find um, a group of angels in your city who are doing the work. But but ultimately, uh, the program that we run um, is the same no matter what city you're in. And the program that we have is called the Love Box Campaign. And the love box, what it is, it's basically kind of this big ambiguous term for what 
and and really what it means is that we just pair community with children who are going through the foster care journey as well as their caretakers. So we wrap full community around those families who are caring and we visit with the children and with the families at a minimum one time a month um, for a year. Now, most of our families, once they build a bond, they will continue with them much longer than a year. In fact, we have one group that has been going on for three years now. So, um, and the hope is that, you know, people are building such strong bonds and relationships that they would follow the child, whether they go back to biological family um, or if they were, you know, to be um, adopted in the home or if they were to end up going to another foster home that, you know, we're building these really strong bonds and these really strong relationships. And we do that through uh, the program focuses on three areas of impact. So the first area is intentional giving. So ensuring that um, every child in the home, as well as the family, has everything they need in order to be successful when it comes to fostering. And we know that foster parents, um, yes, they get stipend. Some of them don't, you know, depending on kind of how they um, have it, you know, worked out. Some do private uh, fostering. Some do, um, you know, whether if they're doing it for an you know, a relative or a friend. So, so there's, there's this big, huge, wide range when it comes to stipend um, for foster parents. But we know that, you know, things like uh, baseball lessons for the kids or swim lessons for the kids or brand new shoes, you know, if you've got one or two kids of your own and then you're fostering one or two kids, you know, uh, doing things like going to uh, an amusement park or school supplies, backpacks, that sort of thing, that all costs lots of money. So the first area of impact that we focus on is intentional giving, just making sure that we're meeting practical needs of the family and, and helping to support the family in that way. And then the second um, component is the relationship building. So we know that every single child has a gifting um, that has been given to them. And so that could look like arts or um, that could look like sports. Um, and so we want our mentors walking alongside the children um, to ensure that we are pulling out their giftings and showing it to them. So um, we would pick up our, our children and take them to dance classes and then pay for all of the equipment necessary or, um, you know, be there on Saturdays for baseball meets. And so building a relationship around, you know, the children's kind of desires and passions of their heart. And then the last component that we focus on so is um, mentorship. And so uh, for our younger kids, that looks like picking them up and taking them to the library and packing a picnic and, and really reading to them. And, um, you know, big um, we have a big push for just reading to our children because most of the time, you know, um, we've had kids in our that are seven years old and they've never been read to by an adult, um, you know, other than in school. So really exposing them to that. And then for our older kids, that looks like when they turn 16, they get a driver's license, they open up a bank account, and we are preparing them for adult living so that they know how to kind of navigate next steps. And also, you know, taking them to trade schools and colleges and branches of service and letting them decide where are they going after they age out of care, because the statistics say that when children age out, 66% of children within the first year will either end up homeless incarcerated, human trafficked, or commit suicide. Wow. And so we just believe that we can do better than that. And so that's kind of why we established this program was to really walk along the journey with these children to make sure that they are equipped um, to, to handle and be prepared for adult living. So that's our program. 
I know you're all on the edge of your seat with that amazing explanation of what Austin Angels does, but I want to break in real quick to thank our first show sponsor, and that is Simple Contacts. Simple Contacts is the most convenient way to renew your contact lens prescription and reorder your brand of contacts from anywhere in just minutes. It's vision care for the 21st century. Instead of heading to your doctor every single year to renew your prescription for something you wear every single day, pick a few minutes out of your day to do it on your own time and order from Simple Contacts. I go through most of my days with completely blurry vision because I just don't know where my glasses are. So this summer, I'm trying out Simple Contacts. And the best news is you can get $30 off your first Simple Contacts order. To get $30 off your lenses, just go to simplecontacts.com extraordinary or enter code extraordinary at checkout. That's simplecontacts.com slash extraordinary or enter the code extraordinary at checkout. I do want to mention that this is not a replacement for your periodic full eye health exam, so make sure you're still seeing your optometrist or ophthalmologist for that. But this is definitely the most convenient way to renew a prescription and reorder your contacts. So thanks again, Simple Contacts. Let's get back to my conversation with Susan. Susan, what you've created is so incredible. And what I really love is that you are meeting the need of not just the temporary needs of the child, but you're really investing in them as special, worthy, valuable human beings with something to contribute. And the thing I think that one of the things that's most heartbreaking about the foster system is the instability for the child. And viewing them as being in your home temporarily and moving on somewhere else or or if that's the impression they get instead having the feeling that somebody cares about who they are and what their talents are what what a gift that's incredible well and you know we have a saying here at austin angels and um is that every single child deserves to have one healthy adult that knows the color of their eyes and the passions of their heart and so nationally the average is that children will move seven times Hmm. so that is seven new mommies and daddies, new sets of friends if they even make them. And every time the child moves, they're six months behind from an educational standpoint. Wow. So children who participate in our program, we're showing and seeing that they're actually staying in placement longer. And so if we can support the families who are called to foster, because what we know is that not everybody's called to foster mm-hmm. and not everybody's called to adopt, but everybody can play a role in this. And I think also most people think about when, you know, when you talk about foster care, it's like, oh, this black hole of negative but there there's hope and there's Mm. redemption and there are great foster parents who are doing an amazing job but we're not equipping them um you know like i just feel like the people who are called to foster should be loved on should be like for example when i launched the love box program my mom that i sponsored you know i would send her little scriptures and little pinterest cute quotes and i would um surprise her by having lunch delivered to her house and flowers and take her to the spa you know for mother's day and just really love on her and she said to me you know Susan, prior to you coming into my life um i was about to turn in um Um, what is it called when they remove like an emergency removal, I was going to do an emergency removal because I just felt so broken down. Like I could not do this anymore because I have heard, and I was a foster parent too, but you know, I've heard so many foster moms say like, when you sign up to foster, like you're basically a government owned property. Hmm. So the government comes in and they say, have you done this? Or what about this? You know, and it's a checklist. It's not like, Hey mama, we see you. We know that you're doing the hard work. And so let us love on you. It is not that. And so we believe that if we can come around these mamas and daddies 
who are called to foster and love on them well and provide meals for them on Fridays and maybe a house cleaner to come every other Saturday or a landscaper, then that gives them the ability to do more meaningful activities with the kid and less stress, you know, trying to figure out, oh, I need to run here to the store to get some toilet paper and paper towels and, you know, how am I going to juggle it all? So if we can build community around these families who are called, then we know and we see it in our program that children are staying in place longer. And when we can do that, uh, then that's less trauma for the child. So mm, Amazing. Amazing. How did foster care come onto your radar? There's so many issues and sometimes it feels overwhelming. And so we stay really stunted uh, when we find out about an injustice or a statistic like you mentioned, and we don't know what to do. So we end up doing nothing. What that's led right. to your proactivity? So my background is that I actually spent eight years in corporate America. I was a corporate sales trainer, just minding my own business, doing my Mm -hmm. job, and I um, just really felt a calling on my life that I needed to volunteer and and give back. It was just kind of a transitional period in my life where I was feeling super unfulfilled and had a great job and couldn't understand, like, you know, this is a dream job that I've really landed here, but I'm not fulfilled. And so um, I I got with my girlfriends and I said, hey, listen, I want to volunteer just one day a month. And um, my girlfriend said, let's do it. And so we started volunteering and I had actually sold a home. So my job was that I was a corporate sales trainer. I would train and hire and develop um, staff um, to come on and sell homes for the second largest builder in the nation. And I had actually sold a home to a CPS worker and we just got to talking and she said, Susan, I'd like to invite you to a conference. And um, so I went to the conference with her and it was called Together for Adoption. And I went because I had always felt like in my life adoption was going to play some role, but didn't really know what that was going to look like. And I went and the conference was so amazing because um, the CPS worker says, I want you to go and listen to this foster care breakout session. And I said, no, 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 I'm not interested in foster care. I'm not built that way. I don't know how to love on babies and then let them go. And she said, well, you know, Susan, the interesting thing about foster care is that it's not really about you. Wouldn't it be amazing for somebody like you to open up your home to a child who's been so badly, you know, abandoned, abused? And I said, oh, okay, fine. Thanks for the kick (laughs) in the pants. And so I went to this breakout session and it just forever changed my life. And it was because... Um, the judge had put up on the screen. So I had just sat down and within seconds, there's a screen up on the wall and it was a split screen. And on the left-hand side, it was a little boy's story named Jimmy. And on the right-hand side, it was a little boy's story named Johnny. And basically Jimmy and Johnny had had the exact same, I mean, it was basically like looking at the same, the same boy, 22 and 23 different placements. They had both entered into care at the age of two and they both had aged out at 18 years old listed all of the psychotropic meds, um, all the abuse that they had taken, and so on and so on. So um, the little boy on the left-hand side of the screen, and and I don't know if they have these in California, but here in in Texas they have these things called picnics where if the parental rights have been terminated and you are eligible for adoption, your CPS worker will pick you up and take you to um, this barbecue picnic, and you get to meet some of the families who are open to adopt. And it is a beautiful thing for the children who get chosen every year. And it is a terrible thing for the kids who know why they're going every year and and they don't get chosen. And so little um, Jimmy had gone uh, year after year, and now he's about eight years old. And he says, you know, what can I do to show myself worth? How how can I prove that I'm worthy of being in a forever home and, and finding a mommy and daddy? 
And so he says, I know what I can do. I can take my report card. I can take my report card and I can go up to all the mommies and daddies and show them that I make good grades, that I'm worthy of being loved. Hmm. And so year after year, this little boy goes and he just takes his report card and he just shows everybody and, and he never gets chosen. And so what had happened was, um, now fast forward his life. He's two weeks before he turns 18 years old and he's about to age out of the, out of you know, the foster care system and he's living in a residential treatment center. And the director comes to him and he says, son, you have been adopted. And he says, what do you mean I have been adopted? And he says, you have been adopted and your father will be here soon to get you. So the young man irons his clothes and, you know, he's standing on the foot of the, um, uh, the residential treatment center and he's waiting for his dad to get there. And his dad comes to him and he says, son, I'm sorry that it has taken me 18 years to find you. You will never have to worry about where you go from here, that you are my son until the day that I die. And so what had happened was that boy had moved in with them and they had put him through college and they had put him through seminary school. And he grew up to run and operate one of the largest foster and adoption agencies in Texas. And he, um, you know, has a beautiful story where he employed the mother and father who adopted him and also the brother, and he places more children in healthy, happy homes than any other agency in Texas. And you hear that story and you say, well, praise God, that's amazing. And the other little boy on the other side of the screen with the exact same amount of abuse and neglect and moves and psychotropic meds and yada, yada, yada. Um, he turns 18 years old, but there's no one there to champion him. And he just leaves the orphanage and he just begins to walk and he begins to walk and he begins to walk until he can find the nearest freeway. And he throws himself in front of an 18 wheeler and he commits suicide. Mm. And the judge said at that moment, what a disservice. We watched one little boy grow up to create a placement agency. And we see another little boy with the same amount of potential but we will never know what God had intended him to become. He got robbed of that because there was no one ever that played a role in his life. And at that moment, Jessica, I just really felt the weight of the world. And I felt as if God had said, now this is your burden to bear. And I want you to do something about it. And so I left that conference and I just had made the decision that I was going to be a part of the solution to help mend and rebuild the way that children not only experience care, but how they age out of care and how successfully they age out of care. And so I left that conference and just started devoting my life to really focus on it. And so for the first five years of me running Austin Angels, I worked in in corporate America and um, something told me in 2015, not something, God had kind of begun to speak um, just to my heart and um, to say, I'm ready for you to leave your job and do this full time. But that was a scary, big, big thing that I was going to have to do because, um, I was the breadwinner in our household and I had carried the health insurance and the retirement 401k and, you know, spent eight years climbing the proverbial corporate ladder, which I felt like I was going to stay out really forever. And that this was always just going to be something that I did on the side. And God had just kind of spoke to me and fast forward. I had gone to church on a Sunday And it was about um, when Jesus walked on water and what was uh, interesting about that particular Sunday 
Um, the preacher was talking about, you know, when he walked out on water, Peter saw him and he said, uh, Peter said, who are you? And he says, it is I. And Peter says, well, if it is you, then tell me to come to you. And in one word, Peter gets out of the boat and he's looking at Jesus, right? He's also on water and he begins to um, take his eyes off Jesus and it begins to sink. And, and he says, you have very little faith. And at that moment, Jesus, uh, the preacher had said, what, what is Jesus calling you out of the boat to do? But you're too afraid. Mm-hmm. And I just sat there thinking, this is, this, is a, this is what I needed to hear because I'm too afraid to leave, even though I feel like for the last few years, you know, I've really been called to do this. I needed to hear that that Sunday morning because what it told me was that as long as I keep my eyes on him and my faith in him, that he will find a way to provide. And so praise God he has. And I left my job in 2015 and now you know, here we are and we've got, you know, six different chapters opening up all over the country and, you know, people taking our program and, and duplicating it. And my goal was once I just want to change help to be a part of the change here in Central Texas. And now it is, how do we take our program and make sure that every single kid in the whole United States has a love box leader? And so that's where we are today. What I love about Susan's story is that it started with a small seed. It started with a single moment of learning about foster care that really transformed her whole life. And we all have stories like that. And that's why I wanna thank StoryWorth for sponsoring today's show. StoryWorth was founded by a guy who wanted to record his dad's memories, and now he's helping thousands of people all around the world to record their own personal stories and their family stories, and it's so simple. You purchase a subscription for someone you love, and each week, StoryWorth sends them an email with a question about their life. They simply respond to the email with their story, and after a year's time, their stories will be bound into a beautiful keepsake book. I really love giving this as gifts. I did this for my grandpa, and every week he's been responding to these prompts and it's been so fun for him to do that for himself. And as we've talked about it, I learned he was a bull rider when he was in the military when he was younger. Yeah, he rode some bulls to make extra money. (laughs) It has been such a great experience. And StoryWorth wants to give Extraordinary Moms podcast listeners a special deal for the loved ones in your life. So for $20 off a StoryWorth subscription, go to storyworth.com slash EMP and you'll be sure to get that special $20 off discount. That's storyworth.com slash capital EMP. So make sure to take advantage of that amazing deal for Father's Day. It really is the gift that keeps on giving. Thank you so much to StoryWorth for supporting the show. And now let's get back to my conversation with the incredible Susan amazing what one small seed of a thought and a calling and what that can turn into so so powerful for anyone listening that may have that seed that may they're just afraid to plant right that's right so one way to enter into foster care is obviously to be a foster family and to ask these children into your homes and to be a loving support to them but for people that feel compassion towards these children but don't feel in a place or they don't have a calling specifically to house these children, Austin Angels provides a way to support these families. So what have you seen as you've been walking alongside these families? How quickly did the traction build where people were willing to step up and buy the Little League uniform or, you know, pay for the piano lessons or take them on outings? How quickly did the game traction and what does it look like today after two years of this? Yeah, so what's incredible is that pe- I-, I believe that people want to 
want to be a part of this. I mean, people want to, tr they truly care about children in their community and they want to do something. But if you're, here's the, here's the, how it's kind of always been is that if you're not called to foster and you're not called to adopt, well, then there's nothing really you can do. And, and that's just a lie. Mm. And so we have established a program that says, Hey, folks who are not called to foster and not called to adopt. And, and then, the, you know, there's just, there's just such a small margin of people who actually are called to do that. And so what's been crazy is that we've just put it out there and said, listen, here's our program. And so right now, today, we serve 200 children on a monthly basis. And we just brought on our another case manager. And so we'll bring another 100 kids into our program. And we have a waiting list. We have a waiting list of families who want to be on our program and volunteers who want to be matched. And so we just actually raised the funds to hire another case manager and another case manager will bring on another hundred children into our program. Wow. So it's, it's not a question of, you know, um, uh, does this program, you know, it, you know, I would say that if people are listening and they're like, gosh, you know, could I do something like this? Would it be of interest in my community? And the truth is, is that every chapter that we have opened has been successful and it's mm. because people want to give to children in their community they just don't have a way in which to do it so when we give people the opportunity to really connect with children um, you know there's lots of organizations that do backpacks and bags and all sorts of kind of things which is incredible and it's needed it's highly needed but when you can give people the opportunity to be paired with a child, to walk alongside that child, and um, that makes all the difference in the world, you know. Mm -hmm. So, and it is growing across the nation. But there's a lot of people listening that maybe are not in one of those six locations. They're not in Austin. Can they still support financially and be involved even without that face to face? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So you can visit our website. We have a program called Angel Ambassadors, okay. and those are our monthly donors and, and kind of the people that just speak on our behalf. And what our Angel Ambassador funds go to is they help compensate some of our love box groups with families that have a high financial need, as well as, well as cover some of our operational expenses. So let me give you a prime example. We have an incredible mom right here in the area who has adopted eight children, and she fosters five. Wow. So she has a massive household with a massive need for support, especially when you think about, you know, school supplies drive, for example, and every kid for their, you know, brand new backpack and school supplies and maybe a couple of outfits for school. I mean, you're looking easily at 50 to $100. So times 14 kids, that can add up very quickly. And so um, what we do is we come alongside her and help to ensure that she has everything that she needs. And so um, our Angel Ambassador Program is an incredible way to support families who are kind of walking through the journey as well as help to, you know, help to make sure that we have the um, coverage and costs that we, that we have on our end. So mm. it's a great way to help. See, I just love that. And I and I believe it was you on Rachel's show where you talked about don't feel like you need to start something brand new in order to meet a need. There's lots of organizations in the world that are already doing incredible work that you can partner with and become involved with, whether it's financially, whether it's your labor, whatever it is. But partner with Austin Angels, get involved with another organization that really speaks to what you're passionate about and a need that you want to fill. Don't feel like you need to start from ground zero. You guys are already doing extraordinary work. You've already figured out the 5013C, all that. That's complicated. Let you do that and just come alongside. 
Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Exactly. Yes. And not everybody's called to foster and that's okay. So sure. if you're called to homelessness, if you're called to um, human traffic victims, yes. there are great, incredible agencies all over. And so what I would say is for people who are looking for something and maybe this is not speaking to them, but they want to really volunteer and give back to their community. I would say, number one, just do your homework, open up your Google search engine. And that's how I started. I knew that I wanted to be involved with women and children. And so I literally went in and I Googled volunteer opportunities for women and children. And that was at the very beginning of just saying, who, who am I? What do I want to do? And I want to get back, but I don't know what, you know, what, which avenue I want to take. Mm-hmm. And so I would say for folks, it's like, you don't have to volunteer with us. You can volunteer anywhere. And, and we all should, you know, mm-hmm. I think we have a responsibility to give back to our communities. And I'll tell you nothing to, to um, someone in need, you know? Mm-hmm. So yes. Love it. Love it. You started a family a few years ago. Tell me how that unfolded for you and how does motherhood look different now that you have seen what you've seen and your experience with the foster system? How do you mother differently? Yes, it's such a great question. So, you know, I sponsored um, personally three little boys before I had my two boys and I believe that God was just making me the perfect boy mom. I don't perfect, but you know, just, <laughs> yes. just equipping me well um, to be a boy mom because I sponsored three little boys prior to having mine. Um, but for me, I didn't, I was not raised with parents. I mean, my parents were so sweet and, and um, but they weren't really philanthropic. And so we did not volunteer. And so I would, I would say that I'm uh, different because um, it's important to me that my boys are very aware of the world that they live in and just how blessed that they are to have a mommy and to have a daddy. And, um, you know, one of the things is that I take my boys with me all the time. I mean, they are very well aware of what we do. And at night we pray for the, you know, children, um, in our community and across the nation who maybe are pulled and don't have access to their mom or dad or kind of, you know, um, in this transition period, I want my boys to know just how lucky they are. Um, and I think, you know, teaching that gratitude is huge because it just puts life into perspective. And I've got a two-year-old and I have a five-year-old and they go to everything with me. And our organization is very, it's, it's a family volunteer opportunity. We want families to come along other families to support them. And so, um, you know, my, my oldest son will, um, go through his toy closet, you know, once every six months and say, Hey, is there something here that we can gift, you know, to a boy or a girl, you know, who might, who might want a a new truck or something like that. And so, um, you know, he'll now do that on his own. Mommy, I want to give this to a child who's in the foster care system. And so, um, I believe, you know, as parents, we have to teach our children about, about these types of things. So I would say that's how I'm a different, And, and then grace, you know, just extending my, um, my boys grace in a way and, um, that I don't know if I would have had I not been involved in this experience. And, you know, so I would Mm -hmm. say those two things. Sure. And it's really just the intention you put behind even your kids cleaning out the toy closet instead of sometimes I just put it in a bag and whisk it to the Goodwill and off it goes. But they really don't have that context of who are these toys serving? Who gets to play with them after? Why does that child only have 50 cents to spend on a toy versus your lavish Christmas? But we're not exposing them to other ways, other cultures, other worlds, and even worlds just a few blocks beyond where we live right? Gosh, we're really doing them a disservice, kind of shielding them from that. 
Yeah, I want them to see the brokenness. I, yeah. I mean, I take them into homes and, you know, I explain things to them and I want them to see because then they go to school and they're more loving towards people because I'm like, you never know. You don't know what other people's stories are. Mm. And so just trying to teach grace and trying to teach, um, you know, the true meaning of life and, and, um, and how we are all here for each other and that we are theirs and they are ours, you know, Love so. It. I love it. I love it. Yeah. And so you don't need to feel overwhelmed by doing these huge humanitarian trips or anything. Start where you are. Start in your own community and start doing the things you're already doing with a little more intention and a little more perspective. Love it. So what is your long-term vision for Austin Angels? It's starting to grow into other cities. What would you really love to see Austin Angels do? Yeah, my, my dream is that we would be able to reach every single child care system. My mm. dream is to not only change the way that children experience, experience care, but what we know is that it's a generational cycle and a curse that needs to be broken. And so most of the children who grow up and then age out of the foster care system within one year will be pregnant. Um, and then by the time girls are 19 years old, they'll already be on their second pregnancy. And we know that 75% of those children will be pulled and put into the foster care system. So when we talk about our goals and the impact of our program is that we not only want to change, you know, uh, the way that children experience care, we want to break the generational curse. We want to empower children to be able to live their best life, to um, grow up, to become not only who God had intended, but reach their fullest potential. And so if we can do that and we can get children on a path and on a plan for adulthood successfully, then we know that they will not have kids that also grow into the foster care system. So not only are we trying to impact the foster care system, we know that 50% of our homeless population is made up of former foster care children. So if we can prevent and we can help children, if we can start at the root, the seed of all of these social issues like the homeless population or the prison population or the human traffic population, the uh, teen pregnancy, health care costs, um, the foster care system is a $168 billion, with a B, wow. American tragedy wow. that no one's talking about. So we are not only trying to impact children's lives, we are trying to rewrite how this country operates and um, trying to prevent homelessness and the prison and all of those other things. So, you know, we have big dreams and big goals, but but we're seeing it firsthand that we're making differences and that we're really changing children and families' lives. And so we believe that it's not a far-fetched pie-in-the-sky dream. We really believe in this mission with all of our heart, and we fight every day for it. Oh, I believe in it too, Susan. When I heard you speak at that conference and then face via the Facebook Live, I just had chills thinking, gosh, like lift from where you stand. Like you had the proactivity to start this, but now we have the benefit to come alongside you and really support these families. And when we think of our own children in our own homes who are blessed so richly with stability and love and all these moms listening right now, they are intentional, loving, extraordinary moms. Imagine if your child was born into another situation and they were facing these statistics that you mentioned. That just wrecks me. We have to do something. We have to do something. So figure out what that something is. Where do you want to start? Is it fostering for yourself? Is it walking alongside a foster family with Austin Angels? Is it another cause? But protect these children. Help help improve these statistics. Oh. Yeah, I think, you know, I think... Um, 
I think it's easy. I really do. I don't think that it's overcomplicated or hard. You I know, don't either. We are mandated yeah. to love our neighbor, and this is what it means. It this is. This is what it means to truly love, to truly be in community. I mean, this is it. And, it, and, you know, we're seeing it firsthand that it's changing children's lives. And so it's not this complicated, convoluted process where you've got to have, you know, all these check marks. No, you just show up. Just yes. as you love your children, you show up and you love on other people's children. I mean, it's just that easy. It's that easy. Know? It is. And you don't need a special skill set to do that, do you? <laughs> no, no. I yes. mean, I get this all the time. It's like, well, I'm not good at this or I'm not good at that. I'm like, can you read? Yeah. Because if you can read, then you can go and visit a child two, three times a week, pick them up from school, take them to the park, pack a picnic and bring a handful of books and just read to a child yes. because that can make all the difference in the world. My gosh. Oh, I love it. I am so on fire for this. Where can people find you online and get more information about supporting Austin Angels? So you, if you are in the Austin area, you can visit austinangels.com or if you're not in Austin, you can visit nationalangels.org nationalangels.org and that will lead you to all the different chapters um, and then if you're interested in starting a chapter and you want more information you can fill out that form and um, yeah and then you and then we're on all the social sites um, uh, you know Austin Angels nonprofit on Instagram and then you can find us on Facebook and all of our uh, social links are tied to our website and then you can follow me on Instagram at Miss MRS. Susan Ramirez. Amazing. Susan, I just feel so lucky that you took any amount of time to speak with me. You are doing such incredible work. You're such an inspiration, and it really just lights a fire under each and every person that hears your story and hears about Austin Angels. I just, I'm just blown away. It's amazing. I always ask my guests just one final question, and it's this, Susan. What would you tell your pre-motherhood self? Mm, that's a sweet question. You know, I would say that you're going to do just fine. You're going to do just fine. That um, we can only do the best that we can. And I think, you know, prior to having kids, I was just, you know, wanting to be the perfect mom and figure it all out. And through this journey, I have just realized that I am enough. I'm enough for these boys. And sometimes we just need the permission to know that God has given us these children specifically so that we could be their mom. And, um, and that you're going to be enough and you're going to be okay. And these boys are going to be very well loved. I love it. I'm a boy mom too. Boy mom of three. So boy moms unite. <laughs> yes, absolutely. It's fun. But love it. Yeah. Crazy, fun. crazy times. I love it. Well, Susan, thank you for taking the time. You are truly extraordinary and I can't wait to walk alongside you and Austin Angels. Thanks for taking the time this morning. You bet. Thank you. Isn't she just a powerhouse? I mean, there's really no other way to describe her. She saw a need, she felt a conviction, and she did something about it. I'm sure there's lots of stirrings in our own hearts, whether it's a topic like foster care, whether it's another topic. There are so many avenues to get involved to better our communities around us. Pick something. Pick something and don't ignore the things because just because it feels too hard or too big or like maybe you can't make a difference. That's not true. Because if nobody showed up to volunteer for Austin Angels, no kids would be helped. If nobody signed up to foster care, 
no children would have homes to go to at night, right? And so it starts with our small efforts of just one person, one family, and you can really make such a difference in the lives of these kids and other communities when you just show up and you say, what can I do? What skill set do I have that can offer something to others to make their lives a little bit easier, happier, more stable? Do that. Do that. Thank you, Susan, for all of your efforts, and I cannot wait to see what Austin Angels does in the future. If you don't already follow me on Instagram, you can do that at jessicadahlquist3 or on Facebook at Extraordinary Moms Podcast. As always, you can also find us over on our website at ExtraordinaryMomsPodcast.com. There you'll be able to see show notes. You can listen to episodes over there, pictures of Susan and past guests. It's a great way to just feel more connected and to reference anything that we talked about. I'll link to Austin Angels and everything as well so you can know exactly how to support them if that feels something that feels right for you. Keeping with the foster care theme, I wanted to hear from a mom that is a foster mom and we're talking with the incredible Stephanie Nelson. She and her husband became foster parents several years ago and have had several placements that ultimately resulted in reunification, which is typically the goal of foster care. But this recent placement that she has had with her sweet son is going to turn into an adoption. And so she's going to share about her foster care experience. She's going to share about what it's been like to foster her sweet son recently and know that it's going to become a part of their forever family. It is a beautiful story. She is an incredible soul that, again, is just somebody that felt the tugging on her heart, and she said yes. She showed up, and that is incredible and extraordinary to me. So I hope you'll tune in to Stephanie's episode this coming Friday. Thanks so much for tuning into the podcast, and we'll see you next week for another episode with another extraordinary mom. Bye.